This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Welcome back to Create the Next. I'm Chris Bentliff and Randy Talca is back with us. And it's great to see you again, Randy. We had a great conversation, I don't know, two, three episodes ago. Uh, everybody go find that video or go find that podcast because it was great. And we were talking about kind of you know, some financial strategic decisions that we can make when the economic climate is uncertain or, or difficult. And one of the things that we touched on was involving your customer. How do you know what's going to happen if you're not checking in with your customer? How do you know what to forecast for? How do you know what the mood is? How do you know what the competitive landscape is, et cetera? And I thought that was really fascinating. And I wanted to have a, a kind of separate conversation with you about it because I think a lot of organizations do these two things wrong. I want to see if you agree with me. One is they create their revenue model at the start and then that's it. They never revisit it. So like a decade later, they are still doing what they thought they would be doing. And maybe that model is no longer relevant or it's dated, or maybe they've changed it, but they've changed it on without intention or on purpose. And so the whole sort of organization doesn't quite know, can be a little rudderless. And the second thing is they just don't check in with their customers. They don't check the mood. They don't check the uh, sort of buying climate. They don't check the 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 soft skill stuff or the hard skill stuff. How much are you willing to spend? Who else are you buying from? Things like this. So let's get into it. I'm excited to learn a little bit more about your thoughts on how we should be involving our customers more in helping us to be a, a more strategic organization. Sure. Uh, well, it's nice to see you again, Chris. Um, and uh, you, you know, your 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 questions are great. And your first question actually plays right into our approach at ProCFO Partners. So one of the first things that we do with a new client is sit down with them and really walk through their revenue cycle carefully. Uh, and we do that for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that um, by doing that, by doing a deep dive into um, how they sell to their customers and who their customers are, um, we learn about a lot about the company very quickly, but it also begins sometimes to expose some weaknesses in 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 their plan that they need to show that they need to shore up a bit. So we start with asking them what the top three problems are that their customers have with respect to their relationship, how how they sell. So. You know, if it's uh, if our client is a manufacturer, um, their customers may have difficulty getting the types of products that they sell on time, and so so you know that's one potential problem. They may they may have difficulty getting a particular you know version of the product. So we ask our customers to talk about what what are the problems that your customers have. That, that you're solving. And then secondly, how do you solve those? You know, what, what are your products or services that solve those problems to, you know, for your customers? And then the, the third part of that is what makes your product or your services unique with respect to other people in the industry? What advantage, what competitive advantage do you have? And then we talk about, well, how, how do you measure your performance when you're delivering your products or services to your company, to, to your customers? So um, all of those questions are very important for people to ask. And you'd be surprised at how many times, as you said, people haven't 
uh, thought about this in the last five years. Uh, they created their business plan a long time ago. They're going along and they think they're going along just fine. And, and all of a sudden, they, you know, uh, an interloper comes into the industry and blows their, their revenue model out of the water. So that is the first thing that we do when we start working with a client. And then we make sure we have it on our calendar with the client to revisit um, that that same analysis every year that we work with them. It's really important to revisit your your business plan. You know, as a marketing pro, a lot of what you're uh, saying resonates with me, and it's kind of a product market fit. What do we do and who cares? Let's connect those two things. What do you uh, advise or how do you eliminate sort of a bias that we bring into it as business leaders? So if you ask me, what do my customers customers care about? I will tell you what I think they care about. Or I will tell you what I would care about if I were them, but often that's disconnected from what they actually care about. Sometimes I have an illustration I sometimes use where I was helping a client with Facebook ads and, and he was convinced after decades and decades that his, his key audience was uh, gentlemen 50 to 65 and uh, that's who he was always marketing to, marketing to, marketing to. We found that the highest engagement for him were women in their 20s. And he was like, I don't have the first idea how to market to women in their 20s. Well, we better figure that out because that's who's actually interested in what's going on. And let's let's reverse engineer why. How do you, uh, I don't know, how, how, how can you guide us through understanding that a little bit? Well, that's a really common problem. Um, a, a lot of times, if you haven't revisited your business plan in quite some time, um, a lot of times the, the market's changed. Your customers are changing. The economy is changing. The industry is changing. Uh, there are new products, new services coming into the industry all the time. So unless you revisit um, your, your, your business plan, um, you can't possibly you know, have your arms around that. So uh, one of the things, one of the key components is um, th that I touched on was how do you measure your performance in the industry? And, and you know, how do you how do you do that? And many people, many companies actually go out and survey their customers. That's one way to do it. So, you know, we've all gotten those um, customer surveys at the end of a phone call. Try calling a bank sometime, uh, you know, your, your, your bank and asking something about your checking account without having to do a survey uh, at, at the end of the call. Um, so many, many, co many companies have developed a very good process um, around surveying their customers on a regular basis. That's a little harder for smaller companies to do because they may not have the resources. But you can create simple surveys that you can either email or, or, or send to, to customers asking how you're doing and whether your products are meeting their needs. And then an important part of doing that is compiling the data, receiving the responses back and compiling the data. But another way to reach reach your customers is to just go talk to them. You know, there are many companies out there that uh, that don't talk to their customers or they think, you know, their biggest customer is, you know, continuing to buy. They always have been. And I've heard CEOs say, oh, they're fine. I, you know, I don't need to worry about them. Well, they don't need to worry about them until they do. Mm. And so you, you, you really, it's really important to stay in touch with those people, even if it's just on a quarterly or semi-annual basis. You know, if you're the CEO, go have lunch with the CEO or the, the person you interact with at, at the other company. See how they're doing. See how their business is doing. Um, you get a lot of information, not only about 
um, whether your customer is satisfied, whether they're enjoying your products and services. But you start getting a lot of information about what's happening in the industry, too. If there is an industry, if the industry is entering a downturn, your customers are going to see it before you do. And it's a good idea to be aware that something different is happening. Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, Pro CFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC financial flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com This is great advice, and I love the idea of a lot of organizations, not enough, but a lot of organizations will do like a quarterly business review where it's, you know, a built-in sort of communication path, which is fantastic. Like if if you're doing nothing else but that, awesome. And you're doing more than like 85%, especially of small businesses. But part of what I'm hearing you saying is like, you know, break bread a little bit. Like just go kind of informally, what's going on? How's it going? And listen, listen to what is happening. Listen to the subtext. Listen to what you understand. Uh, they could be meaning, not just saying. And that's especially powerful when we're like in a B2B situation. How do we do that in a B2C situation? Well, in a B2C situation, it's a little bit harder to do that. And uh, that is where, um, especially if if you're looking at uh, a business that has a large number of small transactions, as opposed to a small number of large transactions. So if you're if you're in the construction business and you're doing, you know, home remodeling, okay, it's easy to reach out to those customers and say, how did I do? Because it's typically a big project. So how did I do? And and that's that's an important thing to do, you know, just visit them at the end of the project in that case and say, how did we do? Are you happy with everything? Is there anything we can help you with that we can fix for you? Um, but when you have a business where you have a smaller, a larger number of small transactions, you can't physically call every customer and, and talk to them. So that that's where, you know, marketing surveys and, and similar kinds of techniques, um, there are sim- similar techniques that you can use to get a lot of information from, from your customers. There, there are, you probably know these better than I do, but, you know, SurveyMonkey and other, other kinds of services out there will help you reach your customers and ask appropriate questions um, so that you can get a lot of information about how satisfied they are with your products or services. Yeah. And, you know, as, as Randy's pointing out, there's a there's a ton of digital tools that you can just kind of plant on top of your website that aren't too complicated to get involved with. One of the things that you're sharing that I think is interesting is um, what do we do with the answers? So as you said, like, how do we measure that? So it's sometimes I think that we have a sense of accomplishment because we asked the question. But so now we're getting this data in that's saying we need to improve here or that's saying, uh you know, there's a canary in the coal mine over here, or or our prices are too high, or they're too low, or this is happening, or that's happening. What are some ways that we can put that intelligence into action without it becoming like a whole eight month? Let's create a committee to study the committee, and what about this, and what about that? How can we quickly uh, adapt to what is 
always, you know, dynamic kind of market conditions? Sure. Um, well, well, those are those are always challenging situations, and I I would urge people who are thinking about doing surveys and and you know compiling a lot of data, I would urge them to look first at the questions that they ask. So, um, you know, I I think it's always a good idea to get some help from a good marketing uh, consultant or your your marketing staff, but but a lot of times it's helpful to have somebody outside the company. Um, looking at your business and helping you develop the appropriate kinds of questions. Um, if you ask leading questions, you're, you're going to get answers that you want to hear, but maybe not that you need to hear. Um, so, so assuming that you've done all that and you're getting answers that you need to hear, and those are good answers, there are a wide variety of things that you can do. Um, I would urge people to, to really look at the data coming in, try to analyze it. Um, and, and try to prioritize what the what the most important messages are that you're hearing, because that will allow you to figure out how to how to react, how how to how to respond to what your customers are telling you. So if, if your customers are if your customers are telling you, oh well, you know your product is orange and I don't like orange, well, what can we do about that? You know, what can we change the color of the product? What color should we change it to? So you you may, you may need follow-on data in, in order to determine how to respond to it. But I would try to prioritize what what is most important. How do we? I love I love all the things we're talking about, and they're in, in a way tactical. Do these things, which is fantastic. I love sort of actionable, practical advice that we can follow. But there's a connection here to tell me if you agree creating a culture of feedback. So not just externally, but also internally. How do we make this not just an exercise or a thing that we do, but a thing that we practice and a thing that we are always sort of keeping top of mind so that it it doesn't become stale. It doesn't become just another thing on the schedule that we don't pay attention to. How can we kind of adjust our own sensibilities? This is especially tough, I think, for smaller organizations that have been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. And haven't necessarily had that sort of uh, priority. How can we develop kind of a culture of feedback that is constructive for us? I'm putting you a little bit on the spot, but I'm wondering what you think. Well, uh, it, it, it's a it is a tough question um, for for small businesses. How do you do that? And, and it depends on how small they are, you know. Um, but but in general, um, I would say that I, you know I think that management always starts at the top of the businesses of a business. And so the, you know, the CEO has to be open to hearing some, you know, some objective, constructive feedback. And so if you're the CEO of the business, uh, try to step back from time to time, you know, maybe get your managers out of the office and encourage them to be honest with you. Um, and then try to institutionalize that. There, there are many um, uh, management consulting structures out there that, uh, that 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 provide a way of doing this. You know, the, you may be familiar with the entrepreneurial operating system or or other types of systems, and they they encourage that sort of feedback on not only a quarterly basis but even a weekly basis for the management team internally. Um, uh, but but adopting that kind of uh, of a way of running your business will 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 uh, uh trickle down through 
the ranks of the company. And it will encourage people to provide feedback. And I think it will then become natural for people to seek feedback from uh, others outside of the company. But it, but you're right. It's not just a one-time thing. It is something that you do have to institutionalize in, in within the company. And that's going to help you in your annual business planning, too, because you're going to have those tools that you're going to have that data from people from customers that says, oh, well, geez, you know, the, we don't like the orange product. So, okay, well, how do we adjust what we do going forward? So it becomes knowledge that not just one or two people have in the organization, but it's institutional knowledge that you can use. Randy Talcott is a genius and a Jedi, and he is appropriate for <laughs> partners. And uh, it's another great conversation, Randy. I always love when we get to talk because I just feel like it's a note-taking kind of conversation. I hope our I hope our audience hits rewind and starts again and really puts some of this stuff into play because it's just excellent, excellent advice. Thanks for your generosity with it today. Good to see you. I'll see you again soon. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.